my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, we reviewed a classic... Star Trek The Wrath of Khan last week, which you loved, <laughs> if I remember right. That's pretty sure that's how I remember it. Um, but this week it's your pick, so what are we going to do this week? Well, Dave, we're going back to 1988. It's the uh, Estevez family-led Young Guns. So uh, what what do you remember out of this one, Dave? I remember it being around. I mean, it was the kind of 80s Brat Pack, wasn't it? You know, you had a, a massive cast, really. Um, but I'm afraid, Chris, it f- still falls into that <laughs> region where it's like, I fucking hate Westerns. So <laughs> still, I just don't care about it. I, di- I think I did see it, but I've got to be honest with you, I remember almost nothing about this at all. And yeah, it's another one from 1988. We seem to have hit that year quite a few times. You know, we, we did They Live, didn't we? Yeah. So there's been another few that we've done from 88. Um, I think I remember the second one a bit more and probably more because of the John Bon Jovi <laughs> music, you know, going down in a blaze of glory. Yeah. And having the, uh, you know, the little clips in the music video there, probably remember that more than this actual movie. How about yourself? Well, Dave, I'm going to hold my hands up to every single person and say, I think I've only watched this once and I've actually done myself <laughs> with my pick. Why the fuck didn't I pick Lauren Avedon? In some, there's a New York one with um, oh my old Brian. I've got to get you on that one, Dave. However, don't, don't be mentioning the old. You know, no oh, right. yeah, every because, episode, you know, every John, fucking episode, every episode. Sorry, John. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> but and when I said last week, I'll make you famous. It's out like the second one, and I knew it as soon as I started watching this. I was like, oh, you've done yourself in your tosser. <laughs> because I have rented this in the video shop. I have watched it, but Young Guns too. I've watched loads, and that's where. I think I've dropped a bollock, Dave. So, yeah, I've seen this once, and probably around about 1990. I didn't see it directly. I would have been 90, maybe even 91, Dave. But the second one I was all in on, I really enjoyed the second one. So I think there's a couple of bits in the movie, and we'll get into it, that I always stick with. I mean, Kiefer Sutherland as well. You know, I remember Lost Boys. I watched that quite late in the 90s, and that's a great film, Dave, I must admit. I I always stay clear of it, and he's brilliant in that. And I've always liked him. Lou Diamond Phillips, he was the... The VHS cover always attracted me on Young Guns more than anything. Mm-hmm. Because like you say, you don't like Westerns. I grew up having to watch Westerns. So it was always in my wheelhouse, that sort of thing. So, so it didn't bother me having this. And obviously, 88, and then we've already done Tombstone, which was early 90s. At some point, we'll have to do Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. That's a classic. So, so yeah, I've done myself with this, Dave. I'll hold my hands up without <laughs> revealing my hand. I've dropped a bollock in. What a waste of one of my picks. I know, it only comes around once a month as well, doesn't it? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I must admit, I, I'm almost disappointed because I've come on here with a particular mindset and I, I thought, you know, this might be a bit of a smoke in the bandit for you. <laughs> and I'm watching it and I'm thinking, 
what is this? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I thought we were going to disagree, but I'm I'm sensing that maybe we might not on this. <laughs> no, one. we're not. Dave, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, should we get into our trailer? Let's go. reasons why the West was wild. No one's fool enough to go in after Murphy's people. Emilio Estevez. I'm in. Deputize them. Keeper Sutherland. You look like trouble. Trouble? You think I look like trouble? I'm a poet. Mixween, those are just boys. Ain't one of them over 21. Murphy's men will shred them in half within a day. Casey Shimashko. I'm a pugilist. Court adjourned. Dermot Mulroney. He ain't all there, is he? Lou Diamond Phillips. My vision told me we're headed for blood. Charlie Sheen. We got warrants for the law! You were supposed to serve 11 warrants and expose the ring. Instead, you went out and you went on the warpath. The governor's revoked your deputization powers. You're now wanted by the legitimate law as well as those outside the law. You're being hunted by troops. I like these odds. <laughs> Young Guns. Now, John Tunstall, played by Terence Stamp, is an educated Englishman and a cattle rancher in the Lincoln County, New Mexico region. And he hires wayward young gunmen to live and work on his ranch. Tunstall is in heavy competition with the well-connected Irishman, Lawrence Murphy, played by Jack Palance, who owns a large ranch and their men uh, clash on a regular basis. Now, Chris... What do you make to the opening of this movie? It's not very good, Dave. <laughs> it, 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 I'll tell you what happened. When I started watching it, I genuinely thought I'd put the wrong movie on. I genuinely thought I had some TV movie from the 80s. You know, some really shit movie you'd see on like one of them crappy free-to-view movie channels on Sky, like that, that the, the Men Only channel or something. You know, something stupid, one of these real low-budget TV movies. And when it started, I'm thinking, God, it doesn't half look terrible. The cinematography looks really <laughs> yeah. bad. It really has a bad haze to it. And I know, I don't know whether they were trying to go for this sort of proper relic look, but it doesn't set it off well. And the, the start music, I thought, honestly, I genuinely thought, Oh my God, I said, this isn't the movie. What have I done here? I kept thinking, this isn't the, this isn't the young guns. And it was the, the intros like fucking Heidi high. It's, I'm going to reveal my hand too soon here, but it's fucking rubbish. <laughs> it really is rubbish. I remember Emilio Estevez, and why the hell didn't I pick Maximum Overdrive, which I was going to pick last week, and you've never seen it? <laughs> fucking idiot I am. I'm blaming you myself. were and hollering about it, weren't you, last week? And you were going, go on, pick Young Guns. I'm not listening no, to you. No, I did I was just, I just wanted you to record. pick something because you were, you were like, hmm, what about this one? Mm, what about this other you one? Know, <laughs> oh, such a bollock with this. So as soon as it starts, I'm like, and you'd message me, and, and I'm not trying to steal words, but this is your comment is, I'm not sure about Terrence Stamps, um, you know, what his intentions are towards these. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. He takes in all these, like, young lads. And Terrence Stamp, for me, just General Zod with grey hair in this day. I'm just reading yeah. Neil, Neil. You know, so it's, I don't know. It's a real mishmash of a movie. And I, 
genuinely, I've been so disappointed watching this again now. This has not aged well at all for me. It really, it starts off pretty poor. And it's almost like watching an episode of fucking Dallas. You know, like you're waiting for uh, Bobby Ewing and JR to come out, you know, don't get off there, you tramp, you know, and all that shit. It's <laughs> rubbish, Dave. They, it's proper soap opera tension. To, and Jack Palance, I know I've, I raved about him being some like cowboy and he was a proper cowboy baddie in the 60s. I think this comes from watching that stupid Hawk the Slayer, Dave. He's acting stupid. as not... He's legendary, you mean? <laughs> he's late 60s here. His acting has not fucking got any better since the start of the 80s. So, yeah, I, I just think it's terrible. So what about yourself? Oh, there is a lot to unpack there. I mean, I'll start from back to front then. Jack Palance... You were saying he's he's probably good in westerns and just not in Hawk the Slayer. <laughs> no, I'm not having it. He's, he's like, he, like you said, he's the same. I was just expecting him to say, wait for me, Hawk. Wait for me in the night. My brother, my brother <laughs> I'm 40 years older than Yes. Yeah, he's only 30 in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned about the music. And the music's by Anthony Marinelli and Brian Banks. And when it starts off, I agree. I thought, has someone remixed some 80s music over the top of this? Because you've always got, like, the harmonica-type music. You know, the all the Westerns are very similar, aren't they? Or not very similar, but they're a distinctive sound, you know? So it is more of that time and you know like say a lot of lot of the mouth organ and you know i i just i was put off by the street hawk slash night rider soundtrack (laughs) (laughs) street or brilliant (laughs) yeah i i and and when it starts off you know you've got emilio estevez and, and actually i found myself Chris, this this movie is boring. So I found myself googling it quite a lot during the movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd always known that you know that Emilio Estevez was brothers with Charlie Sheen, and I'm thinking, well, that's got to be like a you know different mothers or something like that, or or potentially different fathers. How does that all work? But when I looked into it, it's not. And what I didn't realize is old Martin Sheen was born to a Spanish dad and an Irish mother who'd, you know, both immigrated into into America. But Charlie Sheen, uh, sorry, Martin Sheen couldn't get any work because, you know, he had a Spanish name, Estevez. And, uh, you know, he, he sort of, you know, he wouldn't even get through the door. So he changed his name to Martin Sheen and then suddenly he got started to get work. So Martin Sheen's actual name is Raymond Antonio Geraldo Estevez, <laughs> which which threw me off a bit. Charlie Sheen is actually Carlos Irwin Estevez. Yep. I yep. had no idea about that. I was like, oh, blimey. Because they both look, they've both got more of the, the kind of Irish look about them. They, they don't really have a, a, a kind of Spanish or, or Mediterranean look at all, do they? So, so there you go. That was something I learned, which was not, which meant that watching this movie wasn't a complete and utter waste of time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just say one thing, actually. Go on. The reason I picked this as well is because what you've just said is, I've seen it before, was what I watched about three or four weeks ago, which why Emilio Estevez was, was on my picks because of that, because of that interview. Emilio and Martin Sheen are sat, 
in being interviewed by someone a couple of years ago and they all say why have you got a different name to your dad mm. and your brother uh, right, and that's okay. exactly what you've just said is is the reason why the whole immigrant thing coming in and all that i think so is he from puerto rico or is he actually mexican or whatever but no spanish spanish sorry so yeah. it's the whole and you've just said that and yeah as usual yeah. listening but uh, <laughs> anyway we'll skate over that but but there's a, a really really good interview dave and what you've just said is so fascinating how they would do that and like you say it's usually because the half brothers but they're not the proper bona fide brothers and there's another brother and i think there's a sister as well so uh yeah Interesting, Dave. So sorry to cut across you, but I think anybody who's, if you're really that bothered, it's on YouTube. It's a cracking interview. Yeah, yeah. And I I was a big fan of Emilio Estevez. It, it seemed to me like Charlie Sheen was the big star, you know, towards the late 80s, because I know we saw him in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, quite a minor role there, but he got bigger parts, didn't he, towards the, the later yeah. 80s. And Emilio Estevez, he was in Breakfast Club, and he, he was always seemed to be getting the... Uh, the lesser roles, you know, out of the out of the brother pairing, but uh, he's actually the older one, <laughs> you know, which is weird because Charlie Sheen looks older than him. Um, and what I remember about this is that Emilio Estevez is the star, and obviously this is a biographical film, isn't it? It's all about the Lincoln County Wars. You know, Emilio Estevez, he's playing Billy the Kid. And I've got it in my head that, you know, this is, you know, a, a renegade kind of outlaw, but he's a good guy. Chris, he's a fucking bellend. He is absolutely <laughs> a little fucking scrot. And obviously, in this movie, you've got this great looking cast. Yeah, has he seen a picture of Billy the Kid? Oh, he's got no teeth and fucking everything, and he's a right mess. If he was around today, he'd definitely be stealing your bike. <laughs> is he from Liverpool, Dave? Yeah, fuck you. I was, I was thinking he's from fucking council estate in Salford. <laughs> Don't bother me, Dave. I'm from Trafford, so give, bring it on. You could be from Salford. I agree. Fucking Manchester. <laughs> yeah, that's actually Salford, Dave. I'm in, I'm in Trafford. If you don't mind, but anyway, go on. There. So yeah, I, I, and I just honestly, and and I thought, okay, so so maybe the the you know, so Billy the Kid was. 21 when he was killed spoiler alert um so he's he's obviously a bit younger in this but emilio estevez you know he's he's like 26 when this is shot so he's clearly older than the the actor that he's he's trying to play there but i did think throughout the movie you know he was a bit of a bit uh, a prick. I, I think he i don't think the movie necessarily tried to over sell like how he's this kind of hero but i don't know to me he just came across like a a a loose cannon and you know he was causing a lot you know he's especially a murderer causing a lot of people to um lose their lives and things i mean what what did you think of of his character I'm with you, Dave. I must admit, after watching this, and I will get on to Billy in a sec, I've got to watch the second one again because I've got to yeah. watch it. I'm going to watch it this weekend or maybe even tomorrow because it's really knocked me for six how shit this movie is, to be honest. <laughs> it really has. I'm really My fucking glasses were totally <laughs> Talking about an own goal. <laughs> terrible, Dave. But what I do, I, I, I agree. I think what's happened is he's, he's read somewhere about him being this sort of laughing and joking character from somewhere he's recent. Obviously, there was no internet at this point when this was out, so he's obviously going off historical stuff that he's tried to find and legend and things like that. But it, it seems to be that he acts like a dick. He wants a good slap, 
But then he does this stupid laugh all the time that makes him seem like he's wild. And the rest of the gang go, he's crazy. And it's like, no, he's not. (laughs) He's trying to put a stupid actor slant on a character. And I must admit, I did like him in the second one. So I I really, because that'll make you famous bit. He's part of the trailer in the second one, because that's what drove me even more to rent it on the video. Mm. Because you'd now and again, you would watch, you would rent a video. Sometimes I would rent a video. I don't know about you, just to see the trailer. You know, like we would go to the cinema and you'd go and watch, uh, you know, Captain America or something, but you know that there was going to be a trailer for the Avengers or something like that, which mm-hmm. there is, isn't there? Or even they, they put DC trailers on with Marvel and vice versa. I've seen it loads of times. It's like, oh, there's going to be a trailer for Star Wars, for instance. The, the, the last, um, the Rise of Skywalker, I was because we had them, them limitless tickets. I mean, Sam went to the cinema as soon as I knew that Rise of Skywalker, um, Rise of Skywalker, sorry, trailer was on in the film. I was like, we've got to go and watch this film. And I don't know what film was. It was some, like, crappy film. Just see the trailer. Then Dave, I saw it about 50 times every time I went to the <laughs> cinema. It was on until we get to watch the film. But years ago, you would want to see these trailers that would buy you into a film. It really mm. used to... Because that was the only way we could see them. It's not like now where it gets released on every media going your phone everything it's not like that youtube isn't it exactly youtube it's on twitter instagram you know it's not like that we were not with we were not that lucky so it was all about that but i agree his character is terrible and he's one of them guys that the more you watch it you sort of like you lose interest in wanting him to win and i really wanted him to get fucking shot quite a lot watching this i was like you're not a likable lead character i don't think he's very redeemable if i'm being honest dave well, when we when we reviewed Tombstone, I mean, I was saying I I, I just wonder because this isn't that long ago, is it? I mean, again, no. for me, uh, this is only a fairly recent revelation because I think the older you get, further back in history, since before you were born, doesn't seem that long ago. <laughs> you know, and the yeah. fact that this is in the the kind of eighteen hundreds, it's like. All right, I can kind of see why, you know, these legends from the Wild West kind of, you know, continue on well into the 1900s. And then that's how you get these these legends when people are writing stories about them and embellishing a bit and stuff like that. But basically, I, I do think in a way it's it's holding the country back. You know, this this romantic idea of people like Billy the Kid. When I when I'm watching this film, I just see a bunch of twats shooting at a bunch of other twats. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not cheering for any of them to win. They're all just murderous fucking psychos. It just happens to be that the regulators, you know, the the brat pack, they have like sheriff's badges. You know, they're they're ordained to be uh, on the side of the law for a bit, but they're not fucking good people. No, they're not. I think, you know, I think the only two good characters or two good people in the whole group are Lou Diamond Phillips' character and Kiefer mm. Sutherland. They're the only ones who have a conscience. I mean, Charlie Sheen is the leader of the gang after Terrence Stamp, you know, gets taken out of the game. God, uh, General Tom's, Zod should never General be killed Zod, off like no, that. No, he should never. He should, he should be, um, <laughs> crushes his hand and gets thrown into, you know, the depths of Superman's lair, Dave. But anyway, uh, but, but you have Charlie Sheen's takes over. He's like the leader. He's, they're trying to be law-abiding citizens. They're trying to go by the law but get revenge on what's happened to Tunsil. And obviously Billy the Kid's been a dick. But there's, there's a scene in it that really, really is bad is the scene when Charlie Sheen meets his maker and we're about halfway through and he's trying to keep Billy in check 
And this guy turns up. Now, the guy who turns up, and you probably won't know who this is, Dave, but the guy who turns up, he's been in loads of Burt Reynolds films. He's, he's the old guy in Hooper, which I absolutely loved, where Burt Reynolds is the stuntman with Sally Field. It was filmed around the same time, just after the first Smoke in the Bandit. He plays the dad, and I think he was in Hardcastle and the Cormac, Dave, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was the old guy out of it, if that's the right name. Hardcastle and Cormac, I'm sure it is. Um, and he's the old guy in it. And he just turns up on a horse, and they're like, you're Fingy, aren't you? And he goes, yeah. Well, I've come for the boy, $150, but I'll get 100 views. And they all stand in a row. No one reacts, thinking, well, this guy's come. He must be something. And he opens fire on about five or six of them, and they start losing. And then Charlie, the, the, end, the guy ends up in the toilet, in, and Charlie Sheen's going, he's in the shitter, you know, and I go, do this, Billy. And Billy goes, fuck, you know, fuck that sort of thing. And Charlie Sheen just walks directly straight towards the toilet <laughs> in a straight line. He doesn't run. There's no cult sievers like dives, Dave. There's no fucking jumping behind cover. He just walks in a straight line, and the guy just and he's looking to see the guy, and the guy just puns his gun at his rifle, kills him, and then Charlie Sheen does one of the worst dying scenes I've ever seen. Dave <laughs> he goes down like it's a kid's fucking Christmas play or something, and he hits the deck, and it's like. Oh, that's fucking rubbish. And I'd never noticed that before because I always remember being, when I first watched it, it really jarred with me because I think one of the regrets for the second one was, because they weren't sure this was going to be successful, was the fact that they killed Charlie Sheen's character off. Mm. And I think that was a massive regret in the second one. For, well, maybe probably more for Charlie Sheen, Dave, because I think the second one was quite a financial success. But um, yeah, that is, it's, it's really bad. And you're right. And again, They've all got stormtrooper guns because no fucker can shoot anybody but Billy the Kid pretty <laughs> yeah. much, can they? It's terrible yeah. shooting. Yeah. And and well, one of the after they'd, you know, been after all the regulators had got their badges, so they're working on the side of the law. I mean, one of the first people Billy kills off is just in the toilet. It's like he's going for a piss. The other guy comes in for a piss as well. And he turns around, he's actually got the gun. And, you know, he just shoots him there and then and then, you know, shoves something in his mouth and he's like, oh, you're under arrest and laughs maniacally. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, this is not the hero, surely. (laughs) You know, and I I do think, again, maybe it was just my perception of it, watching it back in the 80s. Like, yeah, get him. He's the bad guy. Shoot him. But it's like, well, that's not fucking justice, is it? No, that isn't justice. I agree, Dave. I agree. And I think... It's like the Wyatt Earp stuff in Tombstone. You know, Kurt Russell's character is brilliant. You know, we know Val Kilmer steals that film. He's amazing in it um, as Doc Holliday. Mm. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. But when you read up on Wyatt Earp, he was a bastard. And he was he was actually <laughs> on the other side of the law pretty much as well as being on the side of the law. So he didn't he didn't die a, a hero like they make him out in the film, this law-abiding citizen. He, was a, he got arrested and everything, Dave, and, and all sorts of things happened. So... And you think it, why it died in like the 30s or something. So obviously it was around about sort of 1870 he was born or something like that. You know, so he was about 60 when he died. But again, this is artistic license gone mad. Like the, the teeth, everything. I mean, they joke about it in 89 when they do Back to the Future 3, when they look at Marty's teeth and they're like, he's got them pearly whites on and stuff because his <laughs> teeth are so yeah, clean. Yeah. And I saw Jack Palance, to be fair, he had quite minging teeth in it. Now they seem to have put makeup on him. Now whether... They were like that in real life. I don't know, Dave. He <laughs> was late 60s. Plans, he? <laughs> yeah, maybe they were. He was staying in character all his life as some some downbeat cowboy. But it was too polished. And they had that weird 
Dallas dynasty sheen to it that I just couldn't. It it just took me away from the thing that I was like I was watching a TV movie, and the fact that it cost him eleven million to make, I just got a question where that came from. I, I think, I mean, it would have cost him a lot for the cast, though, wouldn't it? You know the the amount of top actors they've got there. You know, it would have cost them quite a bit to get them all together. And you mentioned about Kiefer Sutherland. Honestly, I never used to like him. Um, he was in things like Flatliners. I mean, Lost Boys. We've got to do Lost Boys at some point, oh, That's Chris. a great film. That is a good film. It, it is top, isn't it? But he is a badass in that. And I, I just I struggled to buy him in this because he's this sniveling little romantic who's chasing after this Chinese girl that Jack Palance has nabbed himself. I, I just, I, I just couldn't buy him as that character because I'm always in my mind, he's always more like the alpha male. You know, he's always a bit of a badass, and he just wasn't in this at all, was he? He was very subservient to Billy. Yeah, he was. And like you say, it's difficult to cheer for anybody when, one, the film is so bad. I mean, I, I had a look on the ratings because I was expecting it to be like in the late 80s, late 70s, and it's not. It's 41%. And like, that's obviously Rotten Tomatoes, but the user rating is only 4.6 days, so it's right in the middle. So I don't, I honestly, I have made such a mistake with this. Now, I have a, <laughs> I have a thing with movies where a lot of the time I prefer the sequels. Now, mm. You know, like where a film comes out, like Beverly Hills Cop. I know we've reviewed Beverly Hills Cop, but I absolutely adore the second one. I love the first one. I adore the second one. It's more, honestly, we used to rent that out so much, and I got it bought for my birthday in about 88, 89. I love that, the second one, so much. Lethal Weapon, not so much. I love the first Lethal Weapon. The second one's good in South, with the South Africans and that, and it's a good movie. And you've got Joe Pesci introduced at that point, but it still doesn't feel as good as the first. That's one. But a lot of the films, even Smoking the Bandit, I love Smoking the Bandit, but for a long time, the second one is not a great film, but it has the one bit at the end where all the cars come and all the police are chasing the bandit and all the trucks come and they have that almost game of chicken in the in the desert, you know, and all this. It comes and mm-hmm. I used to play that bit religiously. Like Back to the Future, I prefer the second and third Back to the Future to the f- the first one is amazing. It's always a cloud city. But as a trilogy I would always get the first one out of the way, which is sacrilege, but I love the time travel elements to the second and third of going back and forwards and all that. And it's so bad because the third one gets slated, but the second and third I would put above the first batch of it. So I always have this weird thing that when a movie makes it, they always come back better in the sequels, I always find, most of the time. And this certainly is one of them. I, I really got to question my fucking judgment, Dave. I know it's not very good at the best of times, but this has been an absolute faux pas. I mean, of course, you're forgetting Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Well, exactly, I, I think Dave. I would yeah, actually yeah. agree with exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If we have, and honestly, I'd slightly jest, but if we ever went back and watched Star Trek The Motion Picture, I actually think you'd agree that that one was better. Um, or, or The Wrath of Khan was better, I mean. Um, yeah, so... You know what I found quite shocking as well? So I'm really sticking it to Billy today, I know, but... One of Murphy's gang uh, joined up, you know, with the regulators, didn't he? In probably the the most see-through undercover operation that's <laughs> ever been. But I mean, Billy didn't really, other than having a hunch, he didn't know that that guy was, you know, going to be uh, still looking out for Murphy and and 
being a bit of a double agent kind of thing. And it just blows his fucking brains out. And Kiefer Sutherland gets, you know, the doc gets absolutely splattered with blood, doesn't he? And, and I yeah. thought, again, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, this is not a guy who you would want to be around, is it? No, not at all. And I think you're right, Dave. He just takes three of them out between them, don't they? With no real evidence. It's a kangaroo court. They just basically, if you know what, fuck it, he's gone. See ya. And, and they just decimates them. And that's like the start of weeding them out. It, it, it's really weak, that bit. And I think what's even weaker after this is Lou Diamond Phillips does some sort of, or brings some drug-inducing thing to the table oh, yeah, and they yeah. all hallucinate and it's fucking rubbish it's really self-indulgent hollywood shit dave it really is poor it's just like oh fucking hell did you really need to do that and again this is where um you know they end up going to this sort of a, a camp don't they and um one of them, is it charlie gets gets with one of the girls to get married and that happens in like oh, yeah, literally yeah. half an hour he literally he meets her does a bit of a dance he's already met a prostitute and just wanted her to hug him so he obviously have mother see, issues see i i thought i thought he was getting married to her the prostitute no, and no. then I, I i don't know I, I probably made myself a cup of tea or something i look up and it's like Oh, he's getting married to some young Mexican girl. When when the fuck did that happen? Honestly, it happens in the space of... <laughs> in the film, it's about half an hour. In front of us, it's about a minute. And he gets yeah. married to... I mean, I don't know whether that was tradition. He likes the look of her, right? We're getting married, but really strange. That That's a really strange... And what makes it even better is the whole pretense of the film is they're trying to escape. They've given up their um, badges now. They're not sheriffs or deputies. They're on the run. The whole Pete, that everyone's after them. The cavalry, everyone's going after them. Jack Palance. and Pat Garrett, who I know he's he's in other films, Dave, down the line as well, in other westerns from years ago. He finds Billy from nowhere, Dave, from nowhere, and just turns yeah. up and warns him. It's like, what are the chances? You've got no internet, <laughs> no GPS. How did you find Billy the Kid? And he, oh, that's my job. I'm a tracker. It's like, no, mate. It's fucking no chance that you could have found him. But it's the coincidence of all coincidences. As you always say, it's a plot-driven thing. It drives the story. And then Billy and that go back and have this ridiculous Butch Cassidy and Sundance kid, Russian stand, you know, they stand off with the, the army, mm-hmm. with them lot. It's, the end of it's terrible. There must be the worst shots ever because it's a wooden house and not one of them really gets hit at all in that yeah. house. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the the old regulators, they, they do hang around for a long time, don't they? Because the amount of people um, that are trying to shoot at them and the amount of people they kill, you know, it's, I guess it's just very, very Hollywood, isn't it? Because I'm sure the, the statistics on how many... I, I can't actually remember how many people Billy the Kid killed off, but it was nothing like what Emilio Estevez did in this movie. I, but leading up to that bit, again to drive my distaste of this character. Do you know the bit in the uh, in the bar and the guy is talking about being after Billy the Kid? Yeah, yeah. And then he's, he's looking in the mirror and he's going, hey, look, that's him. That's him there. You know, and again, he kills off the bloke who's looking for Billy the Kid. I just think there is no need for that. 
<laughs> he didn't know. He couldn't recognize you because, you know, the Billy the Kid drawn up was probably accurately an ugly fucker and you're Emilio Estevez. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just thought, again, it just showed him up to be, uh, you know, a horrible little scumbag. Um, but, yeah, the, the shootout, I, I I couldn't work out. Was was it wood, the house, or was it like, you know, sort of plastery type stuff? Either way, I mean, they did all right, didn't they? And, you know, the guy, uh, the guy who's got married, you know, he suddenly goes all John Rambo, doesn't he? And sort, sort of starts shooting everyone and that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty but weak, isn't it? I, I was just waiting for him to take one through the eyes because he was literally in front of the, the window shooting, you know, and again, it's shoot, reload, shoot, reload. You know, he's not got a machine gun there. There's about bloody 20 people from the army out there yeah. <laughs> all shooting at him. I, I was just waiting for him to take one in the eyes. It's ridiculous because, again, he's shooting at a certain area of people the others should just be able to go, well, mate, see ya, fucking gone, rifle. But everyone, as soon as he starts firing, everyone ducks. Everyone yeah. ducks, Dave, don't they? And it's like, all right, fair enough. And we never questioned stuff like this. We never did when we were kids, Dave. Now, they wouldn't really get away with it. Yeah, there is plot holes in most films and things have to be coincidental, but this is just poor. The shooting's off. The, all right, there's a few bits at the end. You know, eventually, they all seem to get shot, don't they? Like, at some point, Billy gets one in the shoulder. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland gets away with the uh, Chinese girl. He sort of takes one. The other guy gets one. And then eventually, he shoots Jack Palance square between the eyes, doesn't he? Right yeah. in the head. See, uh, bang. And then the Gatling gun, he gets away, and the Gatling gun kills um, his mate as well, doesn't he? The one who's, like, having a pop at them all, and he, he gets killed as well. Uh, Alex, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. But again, unnecessary, fake, unnecessary nonsense. And like you say, Billy the Kid dies officially when he's 21. The actual, there is stories, Dave, that that, that he faked his own death and, yeah, and that he lived. Yeah. And, that, and that's why, obviously, I've read that before. Before the stories even, Elvis did, you know? Yeah. I, I, fucking Americans, they love a good fucking conspiracy, don't they? People that they don't want to die, you know, fake their own death. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, don't ever fucking slag the king off. He did not die in 1977, but that's a whole oh, new story. It's a whole I know new you story. love it. You love a conspiracy, don't I you? I love it. And look, <laughs> Elvis's fucking tombstone says Elvis Aaron Presley, and they spelled it wrong, Dave. They've never cashed in his insurance policy on Elvis's life. Why? <laughs> Nobody knows. They haven't even done that for Tupac because they say Tupac's still alive, Dave. And you know what? I believe all of it, Dave. Elvis will be 120, and I'll still say that he's still alive. So I'm not having it, Dave. But anyway. Have they got a fucking bar in Hawaii? Him and Bruce Lee. Michael Jackson, yeah. <laughs> yeah Michael Jim Jackson. Morrison as well. Jim Morrison's one of the ones, because he, he, nobody saw his body. But anyway, Dave, there's a full Jim Morrissey thing, by the way, Dave, if you ever want to read it online. Jim Morrissey? He lives Jim there. Morrison? Morrison, him as well. No, Morrissey as well. He, that's his name now, Jim Morrissey. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, he can't detect it's him, Dave. <laughs> right, anyway, I'm fucking proper gone off. I've gone off on one now, Dave, but don't ever slide the king off, Dave. I'm sorry, you can't, you can't do that to And me. no one recognises him. Nobody recognises him. He's as, a preacher, as he, you know. Has he shaved his, like... Has he shaved his right, sideburns right. off? Has he, right, has he done like a fucking Remo Williams job <laughs> shaved off a little bit? It's like... God, I... That I really looks like him. Elvis, but... But Elvis had sideburns. Well, Dave, 
You know what I said when we did Home Alone? He's in, he's in the airport scene in Home Alone, I've told you. Oh, that guy with me. the mum. Right, anyway, fucking forget it now. Get yeah, back to his young guys. Well, I don't know. He's probably better than fucking talking. This is more believable that Elvis is dead watching that this is fucking very true. young so, so anyway, the film ends, uh, you know, obviously Billy gets off and, and would set up for... Um, uh, 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 well, he's supposed to have been shot, Annie, by Pat Garrett, Dave. Mm-hmm. He says he's his friend, but that's the whole pretense for the sequel because they think he's dead. Um, that's why you saying he's you know he's twenty one and all that. That's the whole mm. point of this because the friends, it's all a set up and and all that. But I just didn't even care about this. I, I, I can only apologise to everybody. I, <laughs> I really like stitching Dave up when it's my pick, and I certainly didn't today. Everyone, I stitched myself up more than you, <laughs> so I can only apologise. No, did you know, Chris, that apparently Tom Cruise and John Bon Jovi were briefly in this movie as two of Murphy's henchmen? No. I didn't know that either, but uh, but apparently they are. I didn't spot them, quite honestly. It was just through researching. But yeah. um, I don't care enough to go back and watch this again to try and spot them. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought that was a, an interesting little thing. And again, especially because Bon Jovi obviously did the uh, uh, did the soundtrack, or, or he did the Blaze of Glory song, didn't he, for the second one. It's interesting that, that you know I'm going to go on YouTube and look for him, Dave, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's probably about the most interesting thing about this pissing piece of crap. So, uh, Dave, <laughs> shall we get into our review scores? Let's go. Now, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think there's going to be too many surprises here, is there? So, I, so I'll go first. I, you know, I've actually, you know, since doing Tombstone, I've watched quite a few of the old classic westerns, and uh, you know, this one definitely is not in that camp. I think the soundtrack really is quite jarring because it's so eighties, and I'm sure at the time it made it feel quite contemporary, quite modern. But I think it ages it much more than all of the old classics, all the old spaghetti westerns and stuff that, that we used to watch, you know, as kids. And so, yeah, it, it doesn't hold up. I think the the main protagonist, so Billy the Kid, Emilio Estevez, is a horrible little scumbag and not likable at all. So I don't know who I'm rooting for in this. And a lot of them, a lot of the movie was just really quite dull and boring. And I don't think they made good use of the cast. Uh, the expensive cast that they uh, got together there. So, yeah, for me, this is an Elm Street. And I, I must admit, I was expecting a bit more after, you know, I have kind of warmed a bit to Western, so I was, I was kind of expecting this one. But I think because I've watched some of the classics recently, um, it's probably made me see this one even worse. Now, what about yourself, Chris? Yeah, I'm not far off you to be honest dave it's not absolutely horrendous but what a bobbins soap opera movie it really is shit it's it's shot really badly it's shot like i say like one of them cheap old movie channels on sky or on freeview that you get where it's like you know fake action films are on there and all that it really feels like it's a 
a low budget remake of of Billy the Kid. It really is poor. Milo Estevez is terrible, and I always remember him being really great in this. I'm hoping he saves me in the second one, and I take it all back because this is fucking garbage. It really is a poor film. The shooting is off. It's Star Wars levels of shooting. The acting's crap. The only one who who does half act is uh, Terrence Stamp, and he he's definitely on the uh, Jimmy Savile level of why have you got all these young boys living on your ranch? <laughs> um, really, really strange. I, I just didn't like it. Jack Palanty's awful. And I think the story has to have something where Billy the Kid's redeemable, and he's just not. He just isn't. Yeah, he looks after the gang he's with, but the whole pretense of it and the whole idea of Billy the Kid is just, it's just not redeemable for me. He's not a hero at all. And I really, really do hope that I, I'll, you know, I'll eat my words at some point. If we, if we have a wee do it or I just go and watch it myself. So yeah, I'm going to send it to Elm Street. And it was almost sent to Older on Dave because I was so disappointed in this. I really was. And I don't necessarily think it's the age thing. I just think it's just a crap movie, to be honest. Yeah, and like you say, it, even at the time I was looking up, you know, it it had mixed reviews as well. Although it was it was called out as being, you know, a lot more realistic than you know previous um, movies, you know, that you'd had from kind of the fifties and stuff that did about the whole Lincoln War and Billy the Kid. So, yeah, it, it was supposed to be more historically accurate, but that doesn't always make for a good movie. No, not at all, not at all. So, Dave, and can you make note of this, please, Mr. Horrocks, if you want to contact us, guys, at <laughs> VHS Strikes Back on social media, if you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com, and if you do like the show and you want to support us, get over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash VHS Strikes Back, and uh, we've got plenty of... Um, movies you can go through and review and if you want to support us we, we you know we appreciate any help of you guys because it's just trying make the show better don't we dave which is really good and dave we go into next week have we got something better than this because like i say i have let the team down here well uh, subjectively <laughs> so <laughs> i was umming and ahhing I, I had kind of three that i was considering so I, I at some point i definitely want to go back to um Police stories, so the Jackie Chan movie. I used to love that. Some of the action in that is really, really great. Uh, I was also considering Krull, you know, another bit of bit half fantasy, half sci-fi. So I think you'll you'll love that one in particular. But instead, Chris, I'm going to go for a gaming-based movie. Now, in terms of games, I think Street Fighter was always one of my favorites. Um, but the film was particularly terrible. I mean, even Jean-Claude himself and Kylie couldn't rescue that one. So my favorite, going back to the mid-90s, was Mortal Kombat. And I, I'm going to be intrigued as to what you think about that one. So let's get into the trailer. There burns the fury of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will die. 
and his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world no! is theirs. It has begun. Have you actually watched this one, Chris? Uh, I have once, Christopher Lambert, but Dave, I don't know if you've intentionally done this, but your timing couldn't have been any better because they've just recently released a rake of new trailers for the new Mortal Kombat movie that's coming out later on this year. So that is absolute perfect timing, my friend. Well, as we know, our research is always very comprehensive, so of, of course I knew that. I'm going to say, you fucking Leslie Nielsen like knows he's coming through the microphone here, Dave. Open up. <laughs> Not that I can talk, but anyway, yeah, no, no, honestly, there's, there's, there's been trailers of each character in that, so um, that is out later on this year, which I'm intrigued, but no, I think I've seen it once, Dave. I, I was always a Van Damme man, so even though Street Fighter is terrible, I, my first ever crush was Kylie, so he's had Kylie, Van Damme is the only thing I'd say Van Damme plays Guile in this he should have played Ryu in Street Fighter yeah. Dave that's yeah, the only thing yeah. that pissed me off with the blonde head there's no reason for him to be Guile with that stupid pretend accent again when he lived in Belgium or France <laughs> he should have just been Ryu we would have bought that but anyway I have seen it and it's literally once but I am a big fan of the Mortal Kombat games Dave so I remember buying it originally on the Mega Drive years ago so I, I know all of them all the time well, the thing that swung me to that one as well, because I, I think I, I'm really keen to go back and watch Police Story, but um, Mortal Kombat's on Amazon Prime for free to watch. Well, as long as you subscribe to Amazon Prime. So people are, I know some people want to watch along the mu- movie before they listen to our review. So it's just a bit easier for people to get hold of there. No, it's good stuff, Dave. And, and just as you were doing all that, Dave, I did look at Maximum Overdrive and it has a rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 15%. So that may be on the Ooh. list, my friend. <laughs> Stephen King has a massive involvement, not just writing it. So I think we might be doing that one next time. But there you go, Dave. <laughs> well, should we pencil that one in? For yeah, I'm happy with that. Maximum Overdrive. Maximum okay, Overdrive. And it gives everyone listening a chance to watch it as well. Is, is it also on Amazon Prime or have you checked yet? I've not checked anything, Dave. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're doing that one. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, all I'll say is, how are you going to finish us off this week? All I'll say to you is, Dave, and I wish I could have used this, but I can't, and I'm still going to use it because in the sequel. I'm just going to say, I'll make you famous. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> No prep whatsoever, but there you go. In fact, Dave, just before you go, just before you go, I'm just going to do one thing, and I'm sorry, I laughed my head off when we did it the other day. It is, I tried an American accent on on our Patreon special, Dave, didn't we? We have the Patreon episodes we do for our Patreons, little special ones, but it's got to be the same thing, hasn't it? 
it's just the same as if a boy puts a <laughs> boy around his hand. <laughs> every episode. Is that what? Jack Palance? No. <laughs> no, no. Do it, Dave. Do it, because I was pissing myself the other day. I'll see you next time. <laughs> so self-indulgent, but I love it. See you next time. <laughs> That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid fool. Yeah, maybe you're crazy. I ain't bruising, heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you in six.